0: Hey everyone, it's Dylan Roach, just an ordinary guy trying to make sense of the world around me. Thanks for joining me on the journey. I really hate that word journey. It sounds so pretentious. But okay, whatever. Thanks for joining me. Let's figure out what I'm talking about today. You guys, I'm pretty excited. Okay, so actually no. I'm I'm really not that excited cuz I'm I'm really not crazy about the end of summer. Um I'm a summer guy. I love being outside. I love the beach. I love the sunshine. Uh I love long days. Uh I love the relaxed vibe that you get with summer. Um but I always try and I don't always succeed, but I always try to look forward to fall and get excited about fall. Uh because it's a great excuse to kind of get back into a routine, set a few goals. Basically you know, have my own little back to school season as an adult. And considering everything in the world just, I don't know, kind of feels like it's terrible these days. I thought, you know what, now feels like an okay time for me to start a podcast because I just want an excuse to learn a little bit more about the world around me, uh, have some great conversations with some interesting people who are experts on subjects that I know nothing about. Uh, and, you know, invite all of you as listeners uh, to join me in that endeavor. Uh, So, sound good? Hey, why not, right? Um, All right, awesome. So for this first episode, uh, I really wanted to catch up with Chris Russell. He's the mastermind behind After the Apocalypse, which is this really cool narrative podcast that I've been listening to, which is now in its uh, third season. So let's start with the trailer so you can kind of get a better sense of what this show is about.
1: After the apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. blood-orange sun drops slowly into the smoking landscape of a ruined city. A virus has killed 95% of the population in gruesome, choking deaths. An old man runs. He and a large dog come to a stop amid piles of human corpses that have rotted to mere bags of bones and spreading stains on the pavement. He aims his crossbow at a moving shadow. A woman joins them. She is strong and angry, looking for retribution. Three survivors in a world of chaos and death. And they are looking for someone. Is their will to live stronger than the forces of chaos and evil that thrive as a new world tries to emerge from the wreckage of the old? After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Available anywhere podcasts are found.
0: When you, when, when people ask you what, what this is about, when you know you say to people that you have this narrative i would narrative podcast be the appropriate way of describing it what yeah you know
2: i alternately say narrative i say serial i say audio drama okay because you want to delineate that from an well it is episodic as well but a you know where like your podcast here is going to be different every time you do it right? right it's a different person different theme potentially whereas this is an ongoing story that we're dropping in chapters, right? Or episodes.
0: Right. right? So when when you tell people about this and they say what's it about, how do you how do you like to pitch it to them?
2: Yeah. So it's actually changed over the last couple of years, right? So but I say I have I have a podcast about the apocalypse. I have an apocalypse story. Right. And I get different depending on who you're talking to, you get different, different reactions to that, right? Right. Um, every everything from you know people who are, are sort of bent that way, they go, Oh, cool, what is it? You know, tell me about it, to haven't we had enough of that? You know, are you seriously writing a story about a viral pandemic right now? <laughs> right. Right. So I get I yeah, I just say that. Um what I did do is I took a breath to um to do a trailer recently. Oh, I sent you a copy of that a two-minute trailer to take and try to seize sort of the zeitgeist of the characters and the situation because before when you're starting it you have to you know put a description together here's what it is when you haven't even done anything with it yet right and my original description was very mechanical around the universe here is a universe where there's been a plague and you know 95% 95% of the people Clip died and they're struggling to survive. So it ends up sounding really generic, right? But now, if you've been listening to it, now we know who the characters are and what they're doing. We can pull those characters in and have the trailer be a narrative in itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you've, you've been working on this since, when did, when did season one launch? Was it 2020?
2: Yeah, so it was the beginning of 2020. Okay. And I do, uh, so I originally planned five seasons. I am in. I just started my third season. I'm dropping episode two for the early release people um, this Friday. Okay. And so it's 20 episodes per season. And each episode is somewhere around 15 to 20 minutes of narrative. And then I do some self-serving commentary on the back end of that where I talk about something that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll give you the uh, the preview this week. I'm talking about the creature double feature movies okay, in the 70s, and one of them in particular about giant ants. Uh-huh. So, you know, I talk about science fiction writers, that sort of thing. But that's just the commentary. So the way I set it up is you have the narrative, right. which is 15 to 20 minutes, which is the story. And that's read by Robert, my, my uh, audio professional, right? Mm-hmm. And then that you get through the fade out and there's a break there. And if you want to bail after that break, you can just bail, right? But if you want to, then I do another five, 10 minutes of uh, commentary after that.
0: Right. And I, and that was actually something that I wanted to ask about was, was why did you set it up that way? And
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> you know. it actually has a very mercenary beginning. Okay. Because um, on ACAST, which is my hosting provider, uh, you can't have mid-roll ads Unless it's 20 minutes long. Okay. And yeah. my original shows were shorter than that. They they were they were coming in at like 15 minutes, like I said, between 15, 17, 18, that's where they average. So I I threw some commentary in and to fill it out. But then I kind of got fun, right? It's part of your talking to your audience and people yeah. like it. People you get are. an understanding of who you are as a person. And I think that, that helps build loyalty, community, that sort of thing.
0: Makes sense, yeah. And and actually, I was going to say, you know, do you really do you plan out um, that that commentary section quite the same way that you plan out the narrative section? Like, do you know weeks ahead of time, like these are the things that I want to be talking about?
2: Um, I typically have enough inspiration of things that happen, you know, thoughts that come to me. You know, you I've been doing this for a long time, right? Since two thousand and seven with the running running podcast. Mm -hmm. So I am blessed with one of those brains that is always throwing up ideas. Um, So I typically have a pretty good idea before I get there. Right. right? So it's not just, hey, subscribe here. Hey, go here and join the Facebook page. There's some actual content in there, right? Sure. Like, here's something, here's a cool movie I just watched. And yeah, here's the genesis of I Am Legend, that sort of thing.
0: Awesome. 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 So tell me a little bit about your creative process. You know, like you mentioned that, you know, this is going to be ultimately five seasons and yep. it sounds, sounds based on that, that you kind of had this whole plot planned out from the very beginning. This wasn't the sort of thing where you're developing as you go, or is it a very loose outline?
2: So it's, it's pretty loose. I had a general idea of the the full arc, right. Uh-huh. Of, because you have to have your, you know, your your basic plot elements like who's going where and doing what, who are the protagonists, who are the antagonists. And each season needs to have a a point, right? It needs to have a struggle of some sort, right? It needs to have that journey where there's your essentially a three-act play, right? So you're gonna find that challenge of that season and then move through it to the end and have the resolution, right? And then at the end of all five, there's a big resolution that resolves a whole series. And hopefully I won't get trapped in that thing that I always see the, uh, the indie authors get trapped in where they, they try to write a trilogy and it ends up being 10 books. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Yes.
2: But you know, the cool thing, Dylan, much like books, um, podcasts are are evergreen. Mm -hmm. Right. So people could be listening to it 10 years from now. Right. Yeah. And and binge through. So that's cool. But so I have a loose idea of what the major plot points are. Um, and then I sit down and try to, um, lay out in general, the flow of the season Mm -hmm. and then the flow of each episode within that. But I don't, I don't overly structure it. I'm not one of those, um, paper on the walls guys, although I'm getting better at it, Uh I tend to be really seat of the pants. Um, but that gets that, you know, it helps sometimes and it hurts sometimes it's just personal preference, right?
0: Yeah. No, I get that. I I I feel that way myself. I can always have I always want to have a general idea of knowing where I'm going with something, but as soon as you get too tied down to that outline, yeah. you lose some of the like organic creativity that the yeah. story demands.
2: Yeah, and where I've seen that happen uh, in this in these three seasons mm-hmm. um, predictably is with the characters. Right. So because I'm going into this with basically one, two, three main characters. Right. right. And those men, main characters are a thread through the, the five seasons, but they engage different, you know, secondary characters through the three seasons. And what I found is those secondary characters sort of write themselves into the season. You know what I'm saying? I don't sit down ahead of time and say, I'm going to have this kind of, you know, this sex, this temperament this age as the counterpoint it just sort of happens because that's what the situation requires right gotcha um and you always need that sort of false staff character or lack of a better word right somebody to counterbalance the main characters and that also allows you to do a lot of exposition and you know you can use them as a, a tool to Get your story and your points across so that's one place i've seen that really manifest is i did not sit out set out to create the characters like brad brad i did create ahead of time but um from last season mags i didn't create at all right
1: mm-hmm.
2: so it, like these just sort of sprung to life
0: interesting excellent and then i mean do you do you enjoy that part of the process when you know it feels like your story is taking on a life of its own or does it does it ever make you a little bit nervous?
2: No, I do because it makes the writing so much easier, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. feel like you're doing homework. It's right. like the characters are leading you and that's way better.
0: Right? It, yeah. It always right. is.
2: Cuz that that's the challenge with me of laying out the script ahead of time. And mm-hmm. saying, you know, here are the beats, here are the all that stuff is then it starts to feel like homework when you're writing, and I want to leave enough, enough room for that creativity, right?
0: Yeah, and and I think that, you know, it's character, but also creating a believable setting, if that makes sense. And that was one of the things that I wanted to to ask you about is, you know, and and you mentioned a few minutes ago. People saying, oh, are you really telling a story about <laughs> a, a world that's been wiped out by a virus? I think there are a lot of people who would say that like post-apocalyptic stories are feel a little bit real these days. Right. Um, you know, how how do you create this, you know, very believable, immersive post-apocalyptic world? Um, yeah, so, so my board. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, that's a great question because, um, a little bit of it is the you know the COVID 19 pandemic. Because oh. that's when I started writing a couple of first episodes, was when I was, um, when it first broke out, right? I was down in Atlanta. I tell this story, I was down in Atlanta at a trade show, it was March something like March 17th or something. In that, what was that, 2020? Yeah, whenever it was, and It might have even been 2019, I don't know. But whenever COVID broke, and Mm -hmm. it was weird, right? Like the airport was empty, you know, people were like afraid of each other. It was totally apocalyptic. And and being a student of the genre, right? Having, you know, watched my way through things like, you know, The Walking Dead and the old old, um, Night of the Living Dead Uh franchise, you know, I always loved those kind of movies, um and those stories, I could see it right in right. like reality it was like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to go with a very I'm gonna call it a noir sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. where it's hyper descriptive and and has sort of this 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 sepia tone to it all the time, right right and that's it's funny because I just, had to send something back to Robert because he was doing his commercial voice and I'm like no you can't do that commercial voice it's the apocalypse right latin that out yeah
0: well and and I will say, I mean I will say Robert does a phenomenal job um just narrating this I I think that his delivery of you know everything that you've written it just it's it's the perfect vibe that you know, like you're saying that that it's this very weird, eerie, scary, but like believable and recognizable. Um it, it there are times where I'm listening to it and it really does combine that like early days of the COVID pandemic with Night of the Living Dead franchise. Like right. I can definitely feel that. Right, um, right.
2: And the atmosphere is very important, so I'm trying to maintain the atmosphere. So yeah. the atmosphere is is as important as the, you know, the atmospheres and the characters are more important than the narrative, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, very much so. And then um, the other thing that I was kind of curious about, you know, I know that, you know, you and I are both runners. We've talked about that before. You you host a running podcast for years. um, And, you know, your protagonist is a runner as well. Yeah. The old man um Yeah. Have have we found out his name? Like does he have a name. No. Okay. All right. No, it's no, no. just you know that's,
2: like, we... that's that's the classic right? That's the classic anti-hero thing, yeah. right? The Clint yeah. Eastwood.
0: The the unnamed yeah. the unnamed protagonist. Um yeah. but you know we know that he's he's a runner. How what was it that really made you want to incorporate running into this? um as well um
2: so you know a couple things right what you know right (laughs) Right? so you know i thought i could do a real good job of describing that Uh um you know that that the chase scene from the mind of a runner is a different thing right runners think about that differently if you're chasing somebody or you're being chased you know you have a, a whole different set of data than the rest of the world Mm-hmm. um But specifically at the time, it was uh, you know I'm an old guy, right? Uh-huh. And uh, I would you know line up these races, and and you know see a lot of uh, hubris from the other younger athletes. It's like, yeah, you don't know. You look at me, you think that, but you don't know, <laughs> right?
0: No, it, you can't. That is one thing that I will I will say having been a runner for years you get to that start line and you cannot make assumptions about anybody yeah, because yeah. it's it's people of all ages will will show you up any day of the week
2: <laughs> right um, and the old guys may not have the physical talent anymore but they have the you know they they've sort of cracked the code on pain management yes <laughs> Yep. so yeah I, I wanted to insert a little bit of that especially in that first episode where the where the kid tries to chase them down
0: right yeah. yeah so it sounds to me like you you feel pretty confident that your own training has would equip you to survive very well in a in a post apop post-apocalyptic world <laughs> i don't
2: know I, I think that's one of the fun questions to ask right who's gonna uh-huh. survive i think there's going to be a mix of people who you think should survive people with survivalist skills, for lack of a better word, people who are physically fit. Um, But I think there's probably going to be some odd odd other people who you wouldn't expect to survive are going to survive, right? Very true. Just because nature's chaotic.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now you're also, I I believe, planning to launch this as an actual book to sort of complement uh the the podcast what's what's the development on that how far along are you on that
2: so this is a great question um dylan because we were talking before about podcasting right, right. and you know originally what i would have done is i would have written this as a book right uh-huh. i would have i would have done that but i was looking at my schedule and where i am in my life and going you know what if you do that you're not gonna get it done it's just going to be in your drawer, right? So instead, what's the best way to get it out to an audience and get some feedback, right? Get some some fans, some editors. What's the best way to do that? Well, I'll just start dropping them as episodes in a, in an hour, right? Right. So essentially, I wrote it as a book, but dropped it as a podcast. Now, each one of these um, shows is somewhere around 3,000 words, give or take. So you get 20 of them in a season, right? Three times two, that's a 60,000 word effort right there. So I have those manuscripts. I um, was planning on turning manuscript one into a book this summer, but I just, I didn't get to it. I ran out of time. But the, I, you know, again, if I was going to give advice to people on this, this is a great way to get content out and get some feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, other than sitting down and going through the effort and, you know, constant rejection of writing a real book you could get this out there and build some leverage right
0: that's a great point i love that (laughs) excellent well so you know that really touches on all of all the questions i have is there um you know is there anything that we should be talking about or anything that i should ask that i haven't um i definitely want to make sure that we include how people are able to you know follow along and and you know support you but
2: you know well, but, well let, let me turn it around to you as a you know as a professional writer what uh-huh. is it about this story that resonates with you
0: that that's a good question i i think it is the survivalism aspect i think that it's you know knowing that no matter how no matter how dark or how desperate things get that there is that like Element of you know, I'm going to push forward. I'm going to get through this. Um, and I think that the characters that you've got are are believable, you know are believably rising to those challenges. I, I think that I would like to think that I would be <laughs> in some of these situations. Um, but you know, like i I've enjoyed listening to it while I'm out running. So I think that it is a combination of, you know, like those endorphins while I'm out training and, you know, thinking about some of these high stakes situations, um, that is, is really hitting me hard. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. It's good. No, I'm glad it, I'm glad it resonates. Um, what would you do differently? What's your, what's your critique?
0: Oh, I don't know. Oh, See, I wasn't prepared for that. So, but
2: no, here's the thing. Do you do the thing that I do now? Okay. Which is when you're watching something or reading something, you go, Oh, I see what you're doing, right? You like you see the thought process of the author behind the yeah. prose. Yeah. Right. You go, oh, I see what you did there. Do you do you do that?
0: Occasionally. I mean, I think I I would like to think that I do that, but I also would like to deny that I do that to some extent. I, I still <laughs> want to think that even though I'm a even though I'm a writer myself, I still have this ability to not really aesthetically distance myself from a story and still enjoy it and still get lost in it and not necessarily try to get inside the writer's head as much as I'm inside the character's head, you know. um but, yeah, there definitely, are times where I where I am thinking. Yeah, you know, from an author's perspective, where it
2: just intrudes, and you go, "Oh, I see that." Yeah, yeah.
0: you know, I I read something recently, and there was a, a great plot twist, and somebody said to me, "Well, you didn't see that plot twist coming?" No, like I probably should <laughs> have, but I'm not somebody who I'm not I'm not someone who lives to guess the plot twist. I would, I'm somebody yeah. who, who lives to enjoy the story, so.
2: I don't know. good for you. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: So, uh, but that said, you know, where can people follow along or, or, you know, or listen or support you or find more information? What's the best way for them to do that?
2: Yeah. So it's uh, after the apocalypse. Um, I host on Acast, but it's on every other podcast app. You know, you just have to search for it. and uh after the apocalypse should bring it up it's a picture of an old band that's the logo yes and uh and what i did recently actually last week is i went back and i put two episodes at the beginning of the feed i backdated them and Uh one's an introduction says hey this is what this is and this is where you find all the links and everything and then the next one is that trailer that i was talking about so you can get a flavor of what it is
0: Well, guys, that was great to pick Chris's brain about his creative work. Thanks for joining me on my first foray into a formal interview. If you like this, and hey, I hope you do, uh, be sure to stalk me online so you can shoot me a message and let me know what you think. Um, I wish I could say that this was gonna be a consistent thing and uh, you know, I could tell you, hey, check back next week or two weeks from now or, or something like that um, for the next episode. But at this point, I really don't know how consistent this is going to be. Um, But you know, I'm a journalist and I'm full of questions and there will definitely be more interviews at some point. So until then, folks, stay inspired.